This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. But hey, let's move on to the lightning round, yeah. which is sponsored by Data.World, the enterprise data catalog for the modern data stack. And I'm going to go first. I got my first question here. Go so when economic times get tough, should you pause hiring? It really depends on your business and how much your business is affected. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not pausing hiring at Data.World, um, but there are certain companies that have already paused hiring, you know, Meta hiring, for example, Facebook. Mm-hmm. We saw Snap's results this week. Um, I haven't kept track since the initial drop in the stock, but it dropped over 40% in one day because of the advertising industry starting to go into a funk because mm-hmm. of fears of the, uh, well, not just fears, but actual reality of what they're seeing. Um, so that's that's kind of a macroeconomic barometer, which is, which is really worrying. Mm-hmm. So I bet you Snap's not hiring right now. Um, so it depends on how much your business is affected. I think the focus has to be on very intelligent hiring. And yeah. we've spent a lot of time at data.world with our board of directors internally, really analyzing our plans and our budget um, to make sure that we get the best ROI for that and the best use of that $50 million that we raised from Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. and. You can imagine that Goldman Sachs is pretty good at financial modeling. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of their business depends on it, right? Um, Go, Tim. Um, can you teach being data-driven? Or is it really more of like you got to hire people who are data-driven? I personally think it can be taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the natural human condition is to want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth lies in data because, again, it's the facts mm-hmm. about business. So I think the challenge in teaching it and teaching people to be data-driven is to use natural language, you know, human language, as opposed to a bunch of acronyms and buzzwords that make people feel stupid, kind of like right from the beginning, because right. it's like you're talking Greek and they are, you know, someone's talking Greek to you and you just have no idea how to decipher it. It's almost like you need the Rosetta Stone of buzzword bingo mm-hmm. to figure out what people are saying. Yeah. All right, next question. Will data technology companies overperform in a tough economic times? Yes, I think I think that data companies are really well poised overall um, during these times because of what I said earlier, that, that there's going to be an incredible amount of focus on um, data and the facts about a business. Um, the challenge for data companies is to adapt their message in a way that people really understand the benefit of data in these times, because an overreaction in these economic times is people just stop spending on anything, mm-hmm. whether that's smart or not. You know, you want to you want to do intelligent spending, intelligent investments in your business. Um, but I'm personally very bullish on the data space. I mean, I'm the CEO of Data.World, but I've also been making investments in non-competitive data companies that are publicly mm-hmm. traded because I actually think this is a good time to buy, be yeah. a buyer of some of those companies, they're, companies they're gonna, like Datadog, companies like Snowflake, et cetera. They're going to help these companies be more data-driven yes. right, to our to our, our topics earlier. Um, so a last uh, lightning round question. Um, we talked about B Corps. Should all corporations be B Corps? Um, I think that it's largely a reflection of the people that are leading the company, hmm. whether or not they want to take that step of nourishing the soul of the company. 
Um, and I don't mean that in a crass way, hmm. but there are some people that they just show up to work and they just, it's almost like that TV show severance on Apple plus. They don't really want to be there and they just want to make money and they just want to go home and their life begins when they get home and they walk in the door. Mm -hmm. I I'm really sad about that, that, that there are people like that. I mean, you know, when I graduated from the warden school, which was kind of like, you know, really known for finance is still really known for finance. Mm -hmm. And I graduated with a degree in high tech entrepreneurship. Um, there were a lot of, I helped found the technology club there and the entrepreneurship club there. And there were a lot of classmates that were in those clubs with me that uh, said, Hey, you know, what are you doing after school? I was like, I'm, you know, of course, starting core metrics. Like, you know, I've, I've been running it while I've been here and I'm mm -hmm. like really bullish on it. And, you know, it seems like an amazing setup. Now I didn't know the dot-com bust was happening um, <laughs> or, or going to happen. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm racing towards that. And they were like, man, I'm so jealous. I, I really wish I was doing that. I was like, well, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I'm going to go work at, you know, this in this bank or this in this, um, you know, it, you know, investment bank or whatnot. And I would be like, that's awesome, man. You're going to, you're going to do so, so well there. I mean, you're making a lot more money than me for, a, you know, maybe forever, but, you know, yeah. certainly, certainly out of the gates. Cause I'm making this much yeah. <laughs> zero. Like I get paid and, in uh, cash in. Right? And they said, and they would say, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Like, you know, I'm probably going to save up a couple of million and then I'll start a business and I'll do it from that position of strength. Well, what happens if you go into something where you know that you're just there for the paycheck? You reward yourself in other ways. You reward yourself with material items because you are so miserable at your job. And so that's what they did. And zero of them became entrepreneurs. They never made that pivot back. So it's, you're much better off just going to a company where you really believe in the passion and the purpose of it from the beginning, because that will drive you. It'll bring out the best in you. And that's a life well lived mm -hmm. versus just going for a paycheck and I hope we don't have anybody at data.world that's just coming here for the paycheck. I don't think we do, but you know, we're, we're, we're all about purpose here. Right. Well, that, that's, I think that's a really great way to portray that. And it sounds like the answer there is kind of, it's kind of yes, but it's like we, but we have to all get there. We need to move, like it has to be, we have to get our have to be expectations and our motivations in that direction. Right. right. And, and by the way, I just want to be clear. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the companies that aren't B Corps are soulless. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm a lot of these companies were founded before B Corps even existed. Right. I'm just saying I personally know a lot of people who don't really give a shit about purpose that are really just there for the paycheck and D different things motivate that, different people. And those companies yeah. probably shouldn't be B Corps yep. because yeah. that would just be when that would truly be a lie. Right? What, but what if the B Corp mission was make lots of money? Well, that, I guess that's the same as <laughs> that's a C Corp. <laughs> it, has to have, it has to have a strong social, social benefit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that's, that's money. It's breaking the model a yes. if they do that. All right. This is awesome. All right. Yeah. This is fantastic. And it's uh, T T T T. Yeah, take let's, us away. Takeaways. Let's do some takeaways. So, I mean, first of all, you, you, you walk through your experiences, right. And, and, and really tied that to not just what, how that defines you as a, as an entrepreneur in the data space and, and sort of your experiences there, but also 
how you've had to weather these complex and difficult situations, the dot-com bubble, for example, the Great Recession, for example, and they were both difficult and difficult in very different ways. And they affected the different companies that you're in in different ways. And some core threads were that, like, for example, like Cormetrics, you talked about how, like, you didn't, you, you really focused on what mattered. And you really focused on, like, be humble, right, as a way to really get through those times. Don't use bullshit metrics and information, right? Focus on the metrics that really matter. And really came to the reality that not just with core metrics, but actually your customers, right? That the companies that were really focused on being data driven were the ones that were going to weather those difficult times, right? So that's, that's huge. It seems kind of obvious, but I think actions are really the key thing. Can we tie our actions to that? Um, and when everything is great, uh, things can get sloppy. So you have to make sure that, you know, you don't just get sloppy in great times. And when things get painful, pain, the silver lining is that pain can cause focus, right? And focus means that you can create that cultural resiliency. And then when you talked about Bizarre Voice, you talked about how customers really can tell you what it is that you need to know about your business. So being data-driven also means really understanding your customers, understanding your business and what makes it tick. And if you do have to take action, like you do need to do that hiring freeze, for example, right? At, at Bizarre, uh, Bizarre Voice, where you, you froze hiring for six months or at Core Metrics, where you had to let go of two thirds of the people, those were very difficult decisions, but you made those decisions um, you know, proactively, right? To be able to say, hey, we have to do this and we cannot wait. Right. Um, and, and being proactive in those situations ended up being really important. Um, and, and Juan, what about you? What, what, are, what are your big well, takeaways? I think so. The main thread here is talk to the customer, talk to the end user. That's mm -hmm. really I mean, that we see this all the time that we're lacking from this. That is one of the main threads around this. I loved how you, you talked about Warren Buffett and about like we need to be able to kind of talk about things simply. Right. Like we have all this jargon and this is an industry where we have so many buzzwords, for mm -hmm. God's sake. So we need to be able to have an inclusive language. I really, really liked about that. Like we should be able to go explain anything to a fifth grader. I mean, th that's literally how we should be able to start thinking about what we're doing um, and to understand the, the, the big picture all this data is really facts and we need to know the facts about our customers, our leads, our prospect, the economic trends. I mean, and you want these facts so you can actually make decisions that so that can improve your life, improve your business. I mean, that's really how we have to go th think about this stuff. And then on the public benefit uh, corporation, right? It's a, it's a company with a protected social mission. Um, and it's a it's a manifestation of a company who has a soul, right? Capitalism 2.0 is what you're talking about, and and I think uh, not everybody may be for that, and that's fine. And I think that's the honest no BS here that we need to mm -hmm. acknowledge. How did yeah? I well, I think I think you both recapped it extremely well. I would I would also just say that um, the counter argument to a B Corp, you know, because there will be people listening to this saying why would I take that extra step? Right. Like, isn't the purpose of a corporation just to make money and then people can do whatever they want on their own time? Yeah. Like, you know, give to whatever causes, et cetera. And I frankly think that that's a lazy answer. That's like rooted in the past. And entrepreneurs are all about the future and creating mm -hmm. change. Um, and it's a lazy answer because it requires no thinking. It's like, you know, that was the way it's always been and the way it always will be. Um, profits are super important. A company can't mm -hmm. survive without it. And you need to be best in class and model against best in class, whether you're B Corp or not. Um, but it is a choice. 
And one of the great books that I loved um, from a warden professor, Stu Friedman, who really took me under his wing, has become a very good friend over now a long period of time, over 20 years. He was our leadership professor and he wrote a book called Total Leadership. Mm -hmm. And in Total Leadership, he talked about that there's these four major dimensions of your life. There's self, there's your family, there's your community, and there's your career. And if you think about solving problems with a four-way win versus just solving them with one win, hmm. you will come up with very creative solutions. Um, and we've seen a lot of very cre creative solutions because necessity is the mother of invention during the pandemic. I mean, you know, some of the things that have happened that I explore in my book are that we've learned we can be highly efficient in a hybrid environment in the knowledge economy. We, we've learned we can be highly productive working from home and then come together like we came together today for this all hands and really reestablish that human connection that's so important that can be done in person. Um, so that, that relates a lot to a B Corp. Like you can't have it all as a company. Mm -hmm. You can have great profits and you can have a strong social mission and you can have a strong soul. And you're making a choice whether or not to go on that journey mm -hmm. or do you just want to go on the journey that everybody else has trod before you and just be only about profits and say what you do outside of that's whatever and i i'm making that choice this is my sixth business mm -hmm. so i just wanted to say that that's my counter argument to their counter argument because i know that we're going to get into counter arguments anyway so, <laughs> um, but that that's really the way i think about it uh, all all that. Right. And, and if folks who are listening are, are interested to join the conversation, you know, jump in on LinkedIn and YouTube and then let's talk more about yeah, B Corps. Let's talk more about data driven businesses. And we'll be and, sharing and all these links. You've pointed to so many uh, people and books and links. So we'll be, we'll be sharing. With I will say one thing about the book, too, mm -hmm. that um, if you don't want to pay for it, although you will be benefiting female entrepreneurs. Yeah, um, you're not benefiting me. I'm not making a dollar off this. Um, you can get the whole book for free online at the entrepreneursessentials.com. And the reason I did that is because two of my favorite books in my history as an entrepreneur um, have been The Bootstrapper's Bible by Seth Godin mm. and The Clue Train Manifesto uh, by Christopher Lockhead and a bunch of others, um, which uh, The Clue Train Manifesto, there's a chapter four called Markets or Conversations, which literally translated um, the name of Bizarre Voice. You know, bizarre voice is markets or conversations, mm -hmm. um, and it inspired me and Brent to start an entire company around that concept, and it created over a billion dollar outcome. I and mean, it was amazing, amazing journey, and 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 just created lots of change in the world. And now we'll never know a world without customer reviews. It's everywhere, yeah. Um, which we're all better for it because it's encapsulated that word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So they gave their book away for free online. And that way, no matter what kind of entrepreneur you are, if you can't afford to buy a book, I understand. I've been there when I got married. I don't have no money. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's also available for free online. I and it that. makes and that makes it easy to link to yeah. because you might want to share. Well, and do both, right? Yeah. Buy the book and yeah. check it out online. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm -hmm. So final question, who should invite next? Well, um, today, actually, I realized that one of the most amazing CEOs you could invite is also based here in Austin, Andrew I of CloseLoop.ai, because the way they're innovating with data in the healthcare space is so cool.
cool. Um, so I would invite Andrew. I, I would really invite Andrew. I, mm. and, and one thing I want to say too, just cause we did finish our all hands mm. is congratulations to you, Mr. Tim Gasper. Oh, you just got a culture award, um, in front of the entire company. Thank you. And that was a really special moment. You're, you're only the second time a manager level person has won the quarterly culture award, which I at our company, that. you know, as you know, everybody nominated you for that. It was people, Regulations. you know, your, your, your peers yeah. and, I'm blushing. and your team that I'm blushing. nominated you for that. So oh, thank you, know, you so much. Well, be, just to wrap up, I, I want to make sure that everybody who's listening, please reach out to us. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to get your feedback. Uh, you can just reach out directly to me at Juan at data.world or just find us on LinkedIn. We'd love to get your feedback on everything we're doing. I do want to call out on people who have been reaching out to us. I want to call out to somebody very special. Uh, Cody Pastini, she reached out to us a couple weeks ago. And, and I met her in person at DGIQ at the conference in, in the, last December. Mm -hmm. And I'm just reading out. She says, I'm an avid listener to your podcast. I want to thank you and Tim for the awesome one hour every Wednesday. I love data, but I was super unhappy and lost in my career. Your episode about data product manager changed my trajectory. And I'm honestly, I'm super thankful because I don't think I would have adjusted course if your podcast wasn't a thing. Uh, Cody, she is now a data product manager at Fender Music. Like that's a super cool company to be working at. She's leading this. Uh, first of all, thank you, Cody, for being an awesome listener. And uh, and I, I'm, we're just super amazed and thrilled yeah. and honored that we can I mean, be able to, to impact other your people's podcast lives. is changing lives that's awesome. so we'd love to hear from awesome. you and please tell us what you like what you don't like be honest and obs with everybody next week we have kiran dines who is a cpo of matillion we get into more of the etl space and the modern data stack mm -hmm. and with that uh as always thanks to data.world who lets us do this every wednesday yeah uh, cheers and cheers, cheers guys Brett. yeah thank yeah. you very much thanks yeah. for all your great work at data.world too like a lot of people don't see behind the scenes that you actually have a full-time day job and <laughs> you both do it really well so it's an honor right. to work with you both cheers cheers everyone have a great